but if I'm not feeling like myself, I'm just not really on my game and feeling like my whole normal self. I'll take a look at my list of joys and I'll see, gosh, I haven't moved in a week. I've been sitting at my desk eight hours a day, 12 hours a day and not doing anything. Of course, this is why I feel like this. This week on the podcast, we have Robin Shear. She is a joy coach. What is a joy coach? She works on helping people find their passions again, find their joys again, and really be excited about work again. So we'll jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. I am really excited that you're here today to talk a little bit more about what you do. Can you just give us a brief um, intro of how you got involved in your work and what you do now for your clients? Sure. Hi, Kirsten. It's so much fun to be here. Brief intro basically goes like this. I'm one of those people who just can't quite figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And, you know, I have changed careers many times and totally loved each of my callings. And I got to a point where I realized I'd been coaching all along unofficially. And several people pointed that out and said, you really ought to check this out. And finally, the time came when I thought, okay, maybe I should listen to these folks. And I'm so glad that I did, because it really allows me to just do what was natural, but in a more constructive way, and just really reach people wherever they are and help them figure out what do they want? Let's just slow down a little bit and dream and let's throw some fun into the mix. I feel now the world is just a really demanding, really difficult place. And we don't slow down often enough just to dream and have fun and play. So my focus is really joy and helping people live more joyfully while they're doing all this great stuff that they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of those problems that your clients come to you with that they obviously they might be overworked or they might not be enjoying their career anymore but what are some of those bigger issues that they end up having that you help them navigate through yeah you definitely named some big ones i work with a lot of people who are very driven these are people who are all about accomplishing things and doing wonderful things that contribute to the well-being of so many others But what is the common denominator with my clients is they pour into everyone else and do it gladly, willingly, but they don't pour into themselves. They just really, they have a very active to-do list and they are never on it. Or if they are on their own to-do list, they're at the very bottom. And so often they're, they're ignoring the fact that they have needs too, and that it's, it's their responsibility to meet their needs. And it also just feels good to meet their needs. They're so about everybody else. So a lot of people are burned out. A lot of people really are disconnected with the people that matter the most to them because they are so driven. I have a lot of parents in my network who are very involved in their kids' lives. They're committed to doing all these things for their kids, but they don't even know them because they're so busy serving them. They don't slow down to connect with them. So that's a really common denominator. Yeah. It sounds a lot like even a manager to employee relationship in terms of you're serving them and you're helping them grow, but then the relationship aspect is just missing so that that often <laughs> makes so many issues down the road and uh, right. bigger problems than what we would believe, for sure. 
For You're sure. so well, right, Kirsten. And I think employers, they do the best that they can. They go to school and they, they implement all these fantastic strategies. And those are well and good. But what you said, I think really hits the nail on the head. We want to be known. We want to be in relationship and, and we want to feel like our contributions matter and that people get who we are. And I, I don't think that a lot of managers really appreciate the beauty in just knowing the people on their team on a personal level. You don't have to hang out with them and do life every day after work, but yeah. just to know what matters to the people on your team and who are they as individuals outside of what they're contributing to your organization. Those folks who feel known and who feel valued and who feel a sense of joy and happiness at work, those are the people who are going to stick with you for the long run. Those are the people who are not going to turn over or call in sick. Those are the people who are going to be productive and really excited to contribute. There's a lot of good in knowing your team. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some of those things that you help people get through? So obviously they come to you with, they're burnt out, they're not investing in themselves, they're not building relationships with their people. What are some of the strategies that you walk um, them through in terms of getting back to those relationships and investing in their self and um, <laughs> having emotions that are deeper within kind of thing? Such a good question. I think it really has to start with does this person even understand what joy is? Are we confusing happiness and joy, which so often is the case? They both make us feel so great, but happiness tends to be very short term and it goes away when the circumstances change. And what I want to do is cultivate a sense of joy that is lasting, that can withstand whatever garbage life is going to bring, because it's going to happen, right? If you want perfection, you're going to have to wait till later. We, this is a broken world, and we need to know how to be resilient within this world that we live in. And I really want my clients from the very beginning to know what joy is, and then what brings them joy on a personal level. And this is so fascinating because everyone I talk to has such a different list, such a different bunch of answers. And I love the mystery of it. And sometimes my clients have no idea. They come to me, they are so committed to everybody else. And if I ask them, what brings you joy? They cannot answer the question. And so that's what I'm there for, to really help coach them into a place of, it's okay to dream a little and it's okay to think about yourself sometimes for the very first time. They tend to show up with guilt. And it's so interesting because, you know, guilt is the emotion that goes hand in hand with wrongdoing. And there is nothing wrong with slowing things down and meeting your needs. There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to feel guilty about. So we, we do a lot of work around that. And then we really take a look at the different areas of a person's life on a scale of one to 10. How would you rate the joy level of your career? Say, do you jump out of bed just so happy that you get to do what you do? Would you do it for free because you love it so much? Or what yeah. about the joy level of your growth and learning? So many of us, when we're in school, we're all about learning. And then when we get into our jobs, we forget how great it feels to learn just for the fun of it. Things that actually we want to learn, right? Not the stuff that school makes you learn. Like, what are you learning about? How is that making you the best version of yourself? What number would you say you would give for that? And, and if I asked you that question, what would you say, Kirsten? Yeah, that's a hard one. I would probably be at an eight or nine right now, but 
Obviously, there's some days where it's a seven or a five because things are thrown at employees and managers and leaders. And that's the hard part of, and like you said, it's happiness versus joy. I was going to ask you what your definition of joy is specifically. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. And everyone has a different definition. And I'll have to tell you, I do not agree (laughs) with Webster's definition. (laughs) And that's okay. And it may be right. And I could be way off Facebook. What I have found is that joy to me is this inner effervescence for life. It is a, it's a state of being. It's not a reaction to what comes at us in life. It's not circumstantial. It's just how we do life. It's how we see things. And joy is lasting. And it's a rich, beautiful part of how to do life. I know that I went all over the place with that definition. How would you define joy? Have you ever thought about it? Yeah, that's a hard one. I would agree with you in some of those ways. I think that it's a bigger uh, happiness, obviously, is short term. And uh, Mm -hmm. it can also be long term, though. And I think that is exactly what joy is in terms of Mm -hmm. um, consistently being excited and um, motivated and (laughs) finding happiness in pretty much everything that you do, for sure. That's a very interesting definition, though. And I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad you asked. I think that people really struggle with knowing exactly what that actually means. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if someone were to come to you just like struggling to find happiness in what they do and Mm -hmm. just struggling to find joy and like just being drained by pretty much everything in their life, what would be the first thing that you would recommend them to do? The first thing, and and this would work very well for anybody listening today, is really just to give thought to, as an individual, what brings joy to you. And using the definition that I gave, something that's lasting, right? So let's not rely on things that a hurricane could roll in and wipe out. Let's look at the things that are still going to be present. So these are usually deeper more contemplative types of things. So I can get you started. So it might be something like gratitude. A pandemic can roll in and gratitude cannot be taken from you. So finding things that you're thankful for actively and expressing gratitude might be a real driver for you, a real source of joy. Another one might be movement, which I'm saying from personal experience, when my body's in motion, I'm a different human. And whether it's hitting a punching bag or riding my bike 40 miles or just dancing in the kitchen with my cat, but just moving. It just feels good to feel good. And movement is something that really brings joy or relationships. We've talked about the beauty of relationships and these can be, you could pour effort into the relationships of the people that are in your family. You can really connect with people that are brand new to you and find commonality and find some kind of shared experience that makes you a lot less different. There's so much goodness in that. It's not helping someone to just get started begins with what floats your boat and what are you doing about it? Because I can sit here and say all day that movement makes me feel great. But if I'm not feeling like myself, I'm just not really on my game and feeling like my whole normal self. I'll take a look at my list of joys And I'll see, gosh, I haven't moved in a week. I've been sitting at my desk 
eight hours a day, 12 hours a day and not doing anything. Of course, this is why I feel like this. So yeah. having a list, adding to it as things come up and they will and making it visible, put it on your phone, make it your, like your lock screen so that every time your phone lights up, you see, oh gosh, these are the things that bring me joy. And I haven't done anything about any of these things. I need to write my grandma a letter or whatever it is, yeah. but just being mindful of it and making space for these things. That's the first place. Yeah, absolutely. That's key, honestly. Yes. And, mm -hmm. um, I know that I even forget about some of these things like moving or I'm going on a run or cooking or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's hard, especially with this work from home lifestyle that's pretty much impacted the entire world. I know that it's hard to be able to shift your mind from working to your home life and what does that all look like and how do we embrace that and still be joyful and have gratitude around that. Um, so what are some of the things that you have specifically been telling people during this COVID-19 time um, and working from home and adjusting at rapid fire, so to speak? Obviously, they might be very similar to what you just said, but we have to adjust somehow. So you're right. And that's such a great question. And the first thing that I ask people to do is when is the last time you played? Because think about this, we have gone from like full speed at an office or a setting somewhere to full speed at home. And the level of adjustment we have had to make to do that successfully is absolutely tremendous. And it required so much more, I think, than many of us realized. And we didn't so often leave time to play. And I'm a child at heart. I'm not childish, but I am very childlike. And this idea of seeing life through this lens of awe and wonder, oh, it's not going anywhere. I might be middle-aged and have kids in my 20s, but I am like so into playing. And I would encourage anybody to be like that. And the word that resonates with me that I've used with all these people who are working from home is recess. Do you remember what it was like to be in elementary school and during one more history lesson, watching the clock and just waiting for that bell to ring and we just grab our coats and run outside as fast as we could why yeah. are we not doing that now yeah the absolutely. demands that we're under with COVID-19 are so tremendous if you can set an alarm that's only five minutes long it will do wonders for your soul go outside and play for five minutes or do something in your house for five minutes do it every day for a week and i guarantee you're going to have a different outlook on the rest of your day and you're going to look forward to that bell going off just like in elementary school yeah absolutely that's such a great idea too and just to put a break in your work i know that i've found that sometimes it's just home and work have become one big blob and it's hard yep. to separate yourself. And so that's a great idea to be able to just set time aside to play literally yeah. and, or go in your yard or go on a walk around your neighborhood or whatever it may be just to yep. get your mind outside of your workflow and just yeah. be able to refresh yourself for even five minutes or 30. Seriously. Or 30, right? 30 would be so much better, but I didn't think anybody would agree to it. Oh, I'd be so happy if they did things. <laughs> right. But just play, accomplish nothing. I think yeah. that's the thing. Whatever, whatever that period of time looks like for you, you know what feels good. Do that. But do not accomplish anything. Intentionally stop accomplishing stuff. 
I think we are like nose to the grindstone all the time now that we're at home. And like you said, it is so hard to separate our work life from our personal life. And that is so necessary. We could go on all day about how necessary that is. But if you've got this little five minute window to accomplish nothing, your nose better not be to the grindstone during those five minutes. The grindstone doesn't exist. What is it? Put on Bruno Mars and dance in the kitchen or take your dog for a quick walk or do jumping jacks or just lay down and look at the clouds and get lost in how incredibly amazing they are. And they've been there all along. And what a gift you've given yourself just noticing that they exist. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good idea. Do you have a story about how someone has really just shifted their mindset, has come to you with this just drained um, mind? Would you like to share that? Oh, (laughs) many. How long, how long do you have? Okay. So um, one of my, one of my clients is working out in Silicon Valley and being that all my coaching is online and is on zoom. Like I have the blessing of knowing people in so many time zones. And so I'm in the East coast and she's in the West coast and she is, she's in the software world. She's in the space of where health and software come together And it is a very active space. Let's put it like that. She will never get her to-do list checked off. It is just a very intense state of being. And she, it's taken a toll. There's no question. And she is also working from home. And she has had a real difficult time separating, you know, work and home and downtime and playtime. And what she has discovered is that here she is, in in my opinion, one of the most beautiful parts of the United States, working so hard, she hasn't even appreciated the fact that there is an ocean just blocks from her home. And so she has begun to recognize that being in the presence of the ocean without even being in the water, just being near it does things for her. And so she's begun to schedule time just to go and be on the shore and soak up all that goes with being near the water. And she's taken up surfing, which is a side note, and just having a complete blast learning how to surf. And I'm hearing all these great stories of all the fun that she's having. But what was really interesting was when we first started to work together, all she could talk about was how burdened she was, how little time she had, all the stuff on her plate, which we can all relate to. And this concept of me saying take recess was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have five minutes. But when she began to try and she began to walk to the ocean and it was like a five minute commitment, she recognized that just doing that made her so much more productive and focused when she got back into home and she got back into doing software development she had so much more to give because she had refilled her joy bucket. She had an empty joy bucket. It was all about work. And suddenly she's putting these beach experiences into the joy bucket and she's realizing, wow, this is like the fuel that I needed. And yeah, the time that she didn't have suddenly became very much available. And these breaks got a little bit longer and a little bit more frequent. And she still got all of her work done. And then some, because there's research on this and it's so interesting. They say that people who are joyful at work are 12% more productive. And at first I looked at that and I thought, 12%, 12%, like I would have thought it would have been so much higher. But then when I was thinking about, okay, if the average person does, let's say 50 tasks in a day, <laughs> which I'm sure is really on the low side, but for easy math, 
12%. You're talking six more things that you're getting done. So on an average Wednesday, if you normally do 50 things and you're joyful, you have just gotten six of Thursday's things done before Thursday even gets here simply yeah. because you're focusing on joy. Yeah, that's huge, especially for the employee engagement perspective of things. You're way more engaged, obviously, and you're excited again, and you're passionate about your work because you actually feel refreshed and rejuvenated. And right. that's so important to remember. And I think that especially now we have been forgetting that um, quite often. I, mm. I know I have um, the first few For months sure. like, all right, I need to go do this. And even if it's scheduling it on your calendar, like a work task, I think mm -hmm. that's a important step to take in order to make sure that it actually happens and that you're actually making a commitment to it if that's the right stuff to take for you. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm sure. so glad to hear that she is um, now thriving and is way more joyful and taking up surfing and <laughs> doing yep. all these fun things. Absolutely. And still getting her job done and loving it. I think it's making her more resilient. And I really think that's what it's about. Yeah. The demands don't go anywhere, you know, that we still have to do all this stuff. We have more to do it with. We can jump into it with enthusiasm and optimism as opposed to just feeling like we're just dragging tail through the day. It makes such a huge difference. And yeah. she added yoga. That's another thing. This girl who was too busy to take five minutes has added surfing, beach walks, and yoga and is just killing life. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it for sure. That's awesome. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. And I'm so glad to hear that she was able to make those steps in the right direction to be able to invest in herself and her mental health and her well-being. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. Cool. A little bit well, goes Robin, a long way. Yes, absolutely. If so, Robin, if people want to um, invest in their own life through you, what are some good ways to either reach out to you or get connected to you? Yeah, I so appreciate you asking. I'm working on all kinds of fun things. It's all part of my world domination plan. I just want to take the world over with joy one person at a time. So the best way to get in on that, there are a couple of things. My website is probably the easiest resource. It is joytotheworldcoaching.com. And when people go to joytotheworldcoaching.com, if they hang out for a little while, this magical box will appear that will invite them into my free Facebook group. And that's a place where I interact daily with the members of this group and it's private. And what I love about it is that we've got almost 500 people from around the world who post in the group, what brings them joy today, what they noticed, what they're thankful for. And it is just so contagious. Kirsten, like when I read that a guy in India had a beautiful conversation with another person on the street, I'm so blessed by that. And I want to go meet people on the street. You cannot help but just get sucked into it and focus on living more joyfully. If they go on my website, they'll get invited into that. They will also um, get a couple of posts a month. I've got a blog that I write. It's free. And so uh, one, one form gets you both the, the Facebook group and the posts. I'm on LinkedIn. They can connect with me there. I've got courses that I'm developing, a, a year-long program that I'm in the process of putting together. I just want to make it easy for people. So got lots of coaching programs, but yeah, I just want to know people and I want to pour joy into them because I know that they're not going to keep it to themselves. They're going to pour it into other people. 
Awesome. I am going to go join that Facebook group. And if other people want to do that, the show notes have the access to that and where to go from there. So yeah, awesome. Do you have any final thoughts, Robin, before we depart for the day? (laughs) I think my final thought is to just really encourage people to take a look at this day. You've got this day. You're listening right now. Take a look at the day that's before you and ask yourself, when will I play today? What am I going to do with my five minutes of recess? Put that thing on your phone and let it serve you. You will not regret it. It's an easy win. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge around joy and how we can start investing in our personal selves um, and professional selves um, in order to be more productive, but also be more joyful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love being with you today and I just wish you all the best with your podcast. I love what you're doing. I'm so thankful that you're doing what you're doing, Kirsten. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.